Usually, the less intelligent we become, we become more emotional. We think about it longer. We use more emotion versus objectivity. So learn from people that actually spent money because money, it's kind of like the saying, you know, people lie, but numbers don't. Like I said, we need a world of people. I hope everybody here becomes smarter with decisions because I've made some stupid ones and I've made some good ones. And the only thing that works in life is the non-stupid ones. Okay, welcome to a special edition of my podcast, the Ty Lopez podcast. We're headed to the Playboy Mansion, but before we go, we're waiting on Rome. It's a Midsummer Night Dream Playboy Mansion party. Actually, Hugh Hefner's son, Cooper, tweeted out to me. I've never met him before, and he said, I want to invite you to the Playboy Mansion. So this is, there's, other, there's different Playboy Mansion parties, but there's only one Midsummer Night. That's the actual one that's not a rented-out party by promoters. This is the one Hugh Hefner does. So, Kate, stand up for the camera here for YouTube. She's wearing her classy yet sexy lingerie. Can you see me? Yeah, right there. Well, Look in that one. Oh. <laughs> I got yeah, but you can see in that. He's got you in that one. Oh, okay. We're going to talk about white supremacists because <laughs> Charlottesville's crazy right now. We're going to be talking about will machines take over the world. I've been reading this fascinating book called Super Intelligence by Nick Bostrom. And it's about the rise of artificial intelligence. Elon Musk, the billionaire, says way bigger threat than North Korea to the United States is artificial intelligence. But so wouldn't be, that be more of a long-term threat? No, he thinks it's a threat. Well, he doesn't like think next North, week. He we're, we, yeah. we were threatened by AI next week. <laughs> well, and we're talking about how to be smarter. That's important. So let's start with a giveaway real quick. For those of you listening on the podcast, if you can ever catch one of these live... We do all little giveaways. So I'm going to do this. 100 bucks to the first person who answers this question. Kate, show them the money. Going to PayPal to one person who answers this question. Um, let me see. I got to look up the answer because I'm not even sure myself. Which Star Trek film in the series, Star Trek series, was what? The Wrath of Khan? No, that's, I want to do related to the subject. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, okay, that I know sense. which one it is. What, speaking of the rise of the machines, what year did the first Terminator movie come out? What year did the first Terminator come out? Um, it's, which is about, there you go, right there. Play 21 on Twitter, got it, 1984. Play 21. Is that right, Zach? Yes. 84, yes. the first Terminator. I hope Adrian took note that you asked me if that was right. Oh, why? Would Adrian know that? Okay, let's start off by talking about current events. Then we're going to talk about this book, Superintelligence, Paths, Dangers, and Strategies. We're gonna, then lastly, we're going to talk about how to be smarter. Uh, I'm discussing this book here. It's a Wharton book, Wharton Business School. It's by Robert Gunther, and it's about making decisions. So basically, when we say somebody's smart, the way you know somebody's smart in my opinion, is not whether they can just do five plus five and is 10 quickly a math problem. It's the decisions they make. That's practical intelligence. That's what I want to talk about. So how can you be practically intelligent? Not everybody's going to be Einstein or Stephen Hawking. 
Okay, Zach. So Zach is more of a Trump uh, supporter. I'm, yes. I'm kind of in the middle of Boo. I don't love Trump. Uh, <laughs> I don't love Hillary. Um, I think it's great. We finally got a president that's willing to uh, stand up for the country instead of apologize for it. Okay, but we're going to talk about this Charlottesville stuff. Kate is anti-Trump, right? She doesn't like Trump. No. You need the microphone. Move the microphone a little closer to you. You guys can hear me. So here's my question to you. Ethically, did Donald Trump make the right decision today when he said that there's been a lot of violence on both sides? He did not specifically single out. If you haven't been watching the news, Charlottesville has been under quite a bit of protest recently because they were going to take down the Robert E. Lee statue, the Confederate general. And um, a group of alt-right people said, we don't think we should take down American history because it's part of American history. So let's first talk about that. Well, let's go to the live viewers. Thumbs up if you think it's a good idea to take down the Robert E. Lee statue, which to some... and you know, represents fighting for the South, which they for sure were fighting for slavery, among other things, states' rights, slavery. Thumbs up and thumbs down, just use the emoji, if you think that it's a bad idea to take down the uh, statue. Let's see. We got thumbs down. So we have Oman, uh, Oman someone finally on Facebook thinks it's a bad idea to take down Kim McDaniel says, take it down. Kevin Stalling says it was totally a wrong decision for Donald Trump to make that statement. So let's start with a Trump supporter. I, you know, one of the things in superintelligence in this book and in making better decisions is to remember what Charlie Munger says. He said you should never be able to take one side without being able to argue the other side. So go back to high school debate class. You always got to be able to debate both sides of the story to be an open-minded person. So, Zach, Zach is more on the side of Donald Trump. Give us, do you agree that Donald Trump, what he said was fine, or should he have taken a more firm stance? I actually, I'm indifferent with him tweeting. I don't, I'm not too concerned with what he tweets. I know a lot of people get upset about it. They focus on it, but um, I'm a little more concerned with policy. Yeah, with that, that's what I think is important. Kate, do you think they should take down Robert E. Lee statue? which represents the South and the Confederate Army? Um, no, I don't think so. I think it's... Just part of America? Part of our history. It's part of... It's already put up, so why are they going to try to take it down? I do it's think it would there. be good to ask a lot of the people that want to tear it down what they know about the history, what they know about Robert E. Lee. If they can't talk about Robert E. Lee, right. then... They I don't really think it's Robert E. Lee. I think it's... They're talking about slavery, you know what I'm saying? So it's like they're lumping all Confederate right. military generals and people who fought, although really, you know, half of everybody fought in the Confederate war that was in America. But let's just keep going on that because I don't want to talk too much on politics. But I, what I want to talk about, because I think this is important, about being smarter, how it relates to what Donald Trump's doing or not doing. In the Wharton book, Making Decisions, let me read you something that's fascinating, Okay. I was just listening to the audiobook Titan Rockefeller. Everyone should listen to this book. Even if you don't, not everyone likes Rockefeller, right? Because he's a controversial person. 
but there's some very interesting takeaways for everybody. And one of the things was Rockefeller, he started his first real job outside of like his upbringing was as an accountant. And he always said, none of my competitors know their numbers better than me and it's my competitive advantage. He understood his business's numbers. I was like, after I read this book, I was like, I gotta get even better. I mean, I know my numbers, but he knew his numbers in and out, in and out. And he basically considered it his number one, you know, competitive advantage. So in the modern world, that was in the late 1800s, right? When he kind of rose up early 1900s, Rockefeller. For you and I, things have gotten more complex. The IRS code is more complex than it ever was. Taxes, accounting systems. Now we use software, right? Back then they would write it in ledger books. Um, and most entrepreneurs that follow me, when I talk to them about their accounting, it's all over the place. Okay? All over the place. So you got one system for sales and one for accounting, one for inventory. Too much time, too many different resources, and it's hurting your bottom line. So one of my sponsors is NetSuite, right? They're by Oracle, and they've got created a cloud-based business management software that handles all those aspects of your business, okay? So they're doing the all-in-one that everybody needs, okay? And that's why NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. So NetSuite right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, seven strategies to grow your profits. So go to netsuite.com slash my name, netsuite.com slash tie. That's netsuite.com slash T-A-I to download your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits. Let me spell it, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot C-O-M slash T-A-I. Okay, know your numbers, and I wish you the best, and I hope you become as big as Rockefeller, and you remember you heard about it on my show, and uh, you give me half your money later. No, I'm just joking. He had, I think, four to six hundred billion in today's dollars. So if my podcast helps you do that and NetSuite helps you do that, at least take me out to a steak dinner. He, there's multiple ways the human brain you're going to decide. And if you think about everything, every good or bad thing in your life is going to have hinged on some decision. Who you marry, what political party you vote for in this case. Whether Robert E. Lee should be taken down, the decision you make on what you believe on that, uh, what career you choose, how you invest your money in the stock market, that's all a decision. The opening chapter of this book is a Danish proverb. He who has choice has trouble. Remember, write that down if you're taking notes. He who has choice has trouble. What does that mean? Well, you know, the what's the song? More women, more problems. You know, I got 99 problems. No Woman, No Cry. Oh, yeah. That was the reggae song, Bob Marley. But no, if we had less choice, we would have less sorrow because you'd have less regret. But you'd also have less happiness. So in a world of unlimited choice that we have, like tonight we could decide to go to the Playboy Mansion. We could drive there, get hit by a car, we're all dead. Or we could go there and make the best business connection of our life, and it, it ends up being one of the most important days. So since you can't tell things ahead of time, if you want to be smarter, here's one of the things that it says. 
and this is really interesting. It says the more, okay, here it is. It's on page 27. Consequences of emotional trade-off difficulty. Working harder, but not necessarily smarter. They said when they've studied humans, how we decide things, the more important the decision Usually, the less intelligent we become, we become more emotional. We think about it longer. We use more emotion versus, uh, versus objectivity. So it says, it says here on the end of the chapter, in summary, it appears that subjects work, work harder, yet not smarter, in more emotion-laden conditions. So think about this politics thing. If you, I don't care what side of the story you're on in the, with the white supremacists, the alt-right, the Confederate issue now in Charlottesville, North, uh, Virginia. If you were to go there today, it would be very hard to, have an, to be able to get people to have a non-emotional conversation. Everybody's emotional. You got the alt-right. I saw an interview with David Duke. You know, if you got him riled up, he's going to be emotional. If you got the people who want to tear down... Uh, the statue, they'd be emotional. It's very rare to hear good opinions, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So just remember, next time you're put into a situation where you have to decide something that's naturally fueled with a lot of emotion, what this book, this Wharton professor, uh, the book, one more time, is Wharton on Making Decisions by Stephen Hoke, Howard Kunreither, and Robert Gunther. That's an interesting name. <laughs> Kun, oh, Kun, right. That makes We're, sense. Uh, the other night I had the problem with my wife whenever there was a lot of dirty dishes in the sink and I was telling her it needed to be done. She reacted emotionally, uh, you know, didn't like that I was telling her to do it. But I said, let's think about this logically. If you don't do them, they will attract ants. <laughs> we won't be able to eat off of them because they're so dirty. So let's think about this. Just to be clear, this. Zach doesn't actually have a wife. <laughs> But his make was this a blow up doll, Zach? <laughs> that made him drop his plate. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Mrs. Cookman. Uh, someone said Zach's married. So, um, okay, let's keep going through here. Let's do a giveaway. <laughs> what year did the Civil War end? Ready, set, go. Because we're talking about white supremacists, the Confederate, Robert Lee. There we go. Miguel Baca on YouTube. Got it. 1865, Miguel. The war went 1861 to 1865. We're PayPaling you how much, Kate? A hundred. Not a hundred grand, a hundred dollars. A hundred <laughs> even. PayPal. My staff will get with you. By the way, if you get contacted by somebody that says they're my assistant... And they ask you to send them money. It's not me. <laughs> I can't tell you how many people tell me that they get contacted by somebody saying, "Oh, by the I'm, prince I'm ties." Of the- yeah, yeah. Like uh, Michael from the office says, when the prince of Nigeria direct- contacts <laughs> you directly <laughs> asking for help, you help him. Um, okay. Where are we at? I'm going to start sending those emails out. Ty needs your help. Ty needs to get your you help. the hundred dollars that you won. We need you to Man, send a hundred dollars. So bright. Okay, number two subject. So we talked about this a little bit. We just skimmed the surface on this white supremacist thing. The main takeaway, if you want to be hyper-intelligent, is lower the emotion that goes into complicated decisions. 
Instead, and this is an important one. So if you're writing this down, point number one, we're talking about emotion-laden decisions, how most people just try to like basically work themselves into a tizzy versus thinking objectively. Number two, and this is even more important point, if you want to be more intelligent, and we're going to talk about the rise of machines, potential machines like in the Terminator, there is a on page, da-da-da, uh, I think it's on page 22. So, oh, no, no, here it is. Page 24. 25, 26, it's a few paces. One of the best ways to make a decision is not to try to figure out which way will turn out the best, but it's called regret minimalization. It's interesting. This book talks about it, and that's actually how uh, Jeff Bezos decided to start Amazon by computing the decision whether quitting his job was smart um, because of the amount of uh, regret he would have. So let's say anybody here asked me, Ty, should I marry Susie? Should I quit my job and start this business? All that kind of stuff, okay? And you don't know what to do. It's a tough decision. Maybe you want to move. Maybe you've always wanted to move to California and now you live in, you know, Nebraska and you're like, I've always wanted to move to, to California. If you want to be super intelligent, like we're talking about, this book, Super Intelligence, this book, Making Decisions, better than trying to go, well, if I stay in Nebraska, I have this job and you make a pro and cons list. Well, that's okay. Pros and cons. Okay. If I go to California, maybe I become this and this and I meet this person. But no, both of those outcomes are not guaranteed. You could move to California, get run over by a car. You could stay in Nebraska and get run over by a car, right? You'll never be able to tell ahead of time what the right decision is. But you can ask yourself this. Which one will cause most likely the most or the least amount of regrets? Moving to California and staying or staying in Nebraska. And that's called regret minimalization. So write that down. If you want to be super intelligent... If you want to make good decisions, this is really, by the way, what AI, artificial intelligence, is about. Those machines make decisions. There's a, you know, there was this um, computer that beat Kasparov, the chess master, the, the grandmaster. That, it just made decisions smarter than he did. So your life is like a chess game. You're either making smart decisions and you got to know how to do them. And the second you go... Just ask myself, will I regret this likely? Will I likely regret this or not? So let's say on little decisions, someone says, yo, Zach, let's go salsa dancing. And let's say Zach's never been salsa dancing. You got to ask yourself, will you one day look back when you're 80 years old and be like, now I'm old, I can't move around. I wish when I was young, I had gone out and maybe gone more salsa dancing or had more fun. And the odds are you will. You'll regret that. You know, it's funny. Girls that are pretty are always like, oh, these guys always DM me in my inbox. So I go out and people yell things at me. And I'm not condoning that, that guys do that. But um, you got to realize that one day, <laughs> if you talk to a woman who's 70 years old, the, uh, I mean, I've heard older women say this. Man, when I was young, guys used to be after me. I would be you know, calling me, following me home, da 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 They da. pinch my tush. 
Yeah, thank you, Zach, for the Southern. <laughs> but but the point being is be careful of shying away from things that one day you might regret shying away from. You know, it, what are the things that mostly people regret when they die? What have you heard, Zach? People die, they say, I wish I would have... Traveled more. Traveled more, okay. Survey Kate. says? Ding. Ding. <laughs> Kate. Mm. Went after that cer certain someone they're always too scared to talk to. There you go. Going after somebody like, you know, in your classroom, at your work, but, you know, next door neighbor, you think they're cute. But I should have pinched her tush. No, don't pinch their tush like Zach I, says. I, no, I'm kidding. I should have. Zach is, thinks he's Hugh Hefner because he's, <laughs> he's in a robe right now. Um, so what else? What, uh, what, what Some of the brainstorms. Taking more chances, Financio says. I should have gone skydiving. Skydiving. See, I don't, I, I don't regret that. Someone said following your dream, but be specific. What kind of risks? People say risks. What up? Smashing, somebody said. <laughs> okay. Dating more women. Well, well changing that uh, to dating more women, not smashing. Learned more. Drugs. You mean you wish you had done more drugs or less? <laughs> Somebody just put drugs. That reminds me of in The Office. open-ended. The UK version of The Office, if you've ever seen it with Ricky Gervais, is so funny. They, they, uh, they're doing employee reviews of this guy named Keith who doesn't talk. He talks kind of weird. And he goes, strengths and weaknesses. He put weaknesses, eczema. <laughs> and he's like, we were talking about business weaknesses. And his strengths was his job. Yeah, strengths was uh, accounts. Exactly what he does. No, yeah, he yeah. said accounts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, okay. Drugs is not eczema. a good answer. Starting a media company. What is the thing that you potentially will regret next year not doing this year? Let's talk about it that way. Trying to read more books. Making more money. What about somebody forgot? I tell you the one that people forget. Working out. Okay, working out. Eating hell healthy. yeah. You will regret one day not working out if you because the older you get, the fatter you get for the most part. So if you wait too long, the body, your metabolism is all messed up. Um how about this one? Spending more time with, with people you enjoy being around. I think that's the I think if you had to summarize. The number one regret of humans, the older you get. So if you can avoid this regret, to me, you're super intelligent because that's the subject of today's podcast. People. Everything in life for the most part is a people thing. Travel is important. I agree. Travel is a big one. But if I had a choice between traveling and having to be around crappy people all the time, whether it's dating, family, work, friends, or just staying in you know, Los Angeles the rest of my life, but being around people I like to be around. Just ask yourself, on a 1 to 10, the people you work with, the people you date, the people you, uh, the people you associate with in your family, because most of us have big families. Most people here have more than one person in their family. So you have to make a choice. You can't hang out with everybody. How many of those relationships are with people you consider a 8, 9, or a 10? And... If you start, if your boss is annoying, if your coworkers are annoying, you're going to spend eight hours a day at your work. So true super intelligence comes from making good decisions. 
good decisions come from part one, reducing emotion around stressful times, stressful subjects. And number two, thinking about regret minimalization. And Jeff Bezos wasn't sure he was going to quit his job. He was making over 100 I don't know how much he was making, but he was making good money in the 1990s. He was making Wall Street high pay. And so he had a big, in his mind, he said he had a big risk. What if he quits his job and he can't get it back? And he borrowed money from his parents and his friends. I think he borrowed $300,000 to start Amazon. And, you know, was that going to be a big risk or not? And I think, he made the right choice because right now he almost passed Bill Gates. Is he the richest man in the world right now? Kate, Google. Look, Kate. He Wait, was. I'll have my phone. Oh, for phone? a matter of minutes. For minutes. He, but he was no, he's number two, and he's a lot younger. What's he at right now? Jeff Bezos. So imagine if Jeff Bezos had not made the decision to quit his job, start Amazon. Somebody else would have done it. I guarantee you somebody else would have made that money. What's it's, he at? It's Bill right now. By how much? What are they at? Uh, Bill's showing as 86, then Warren at 75.6, and then Bezos they've got at 72.8. Yeah. Well, he's still very rich. He has $72 billion. $72,000 million. Wow. <laughs> okay. Someone said, Kate, are you going to die of boredom? No. Kate's just shy. She <laughs> listens... But she I was, talk a lot. I just, not on camera. Kate is shy. It's funny. Kate thinks she's an extrovert, but she's such no, an I introvert. No, I It just takes me a while. Kate, open that, up. That's that's the sign the of an introvert. Of, uh, <laughs> introvert. I stand against the wall until yeah. I get comfortable. Then I move to the Kate center goes, of the room. I'm not an introvert. I'm just introverted. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Uh, that's science, Kate. You can't argue against science. <laughs> Tyler Ostronsky says he knows you. Hey, he Tyler. thinks he does. He actually Daniel Ollie said, Jesus Christ wants you. What does that mean? It's a bizarre... I think it's a playoff of the U.S. Army wants you. No, he's just saying... Uh, he wants me to become what? A Christian? Okay. Third conversation here. Zach, do you believe... Because I got a statistic for you right out of this book that's oh, going to blow your mind. Oh, he does know me. He said Bakersfield, girl. Hey. <laughs> Who thinks this book statistic is correct? I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I'm going to first give you a chance to guess. What are the odds machines will become smarter than humans? Because right now they're only smart on very what they call domain-specific subjects. Hmm. Okay, like chess. But there's no computer that exists that can just go through a full day and make good decisions. Like, like that one robot who was very trained for as a security robot, but it ended up in oh, yeah. the water. Yeah, it was in the news. One of these, it was a mall security cop robot. It was like and it, very it, high tech. It was super high tech. It was like multi-million dollar and it, and it wasn't paying attention or somehow it got malfunctioned and went right into the <laughs> water fountain. It, it died. Oh, they <laughs> they yeah. found it. They <laughs> didn't make it waterproof. It dried or killed itself. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, all I am is a mall cop. <laughs> I'm a machine, and that's what they have me doing? He goes, why? <laughs> no, I, I think it will happen. What for year, sure. though? Hmm. What year would you say? 20... 90, what year do you think there's 90% sure that computers will be as intelligent or more intelligent than humans? That's called the point of singularity. Uh, I'm going to say 2025. 20, 20, and if I could take this moment, 20, 20, I, I would like to welcome our our robot overlords. 
<laughs> Zach is trying I to make peace with them. I, for one, would like to welcome them. our robot overlords. Zach is trying to make peace with them ahead of time. In to case get... they look at this. And I want to say 2050. Zach's a brown noser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zach's a, a robot kiss up. <laughs> Mr. Okay. Robot? 2025, Zach said. Kate said 2050. All right, I'm going to read you what this book says here. <clears throat> Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let... Uh, I'm going to let... Somebody guess. First person to guess the correct era or approximate year is going to get 100 bucks. Hold up the money, Kate. When is there 90% sure that computers will be as intelligent as humans? Somebody said the year 3000. That's a little bit far. Somebody said the year 250. Look at right there. That's already passed. No, none of 2020 is too early 2020 is in four years i mean two years two years no it's not gonna be somebody said 21st century that's a little bit broad <laughs> in the future 90 percent sure someone said 1998 actually it's ah, already there we happened go. we're eric, living in a simulation eric v on youtube got it this book super intelligence says that they're 90 percent sure that in the year 2100 Hmm. Okay, so in approximately 82 years, they're 90% sure that something called HLMI, which is human-level machine intelligence. So there's a 10% chance by 2030. Now, there's different types of computer learning. They're, they call it PT-AI, AGI, EETN, and Top 100. So these are different levels of human intelligence. So the earliest for the most basic type of machine intelligence with 90% is 2065. They think that AGI, a type of artificial intelligence, will be 90%. So we pretty much got 40. So I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I'm assuming Elon Musk has some other statistics. This book, by the way, Super Intelligent by Nick Bostrom, is a Bill Gates favorite. Uh, and let me see what year is written, because according to Elon Musk, he thinks it's the biggest problem right now. Well, that's one of the books it's Elon had in his top eight list. Elon has this? Of, yeah, the, uh, his top eight influential books. That's one of them. Huh. Somebody said Elon Musk will create, create Skynet. I think Elon Musk actually is a, a robot. You think he is? By the way, is Rome here? No, I told him to let us know. Okay. We got to go to the Playboy Mansion soon, but we'll keep talking here. Zach, question. Let's take some open questions for our live viewers. What about climate change? Derek HRR on Instagram asks, do you think climate change should be taken seriously? You're a Trump supporter. The current White House is somewhat skeptical of a lot of the claims of people like Al Gore and climate, uh, climate human contribute contribution to climate change. Do you agree or disagree? Uh, I I'm actually right now on the side that uh, it's vanity to think that we can destroy the planet, but I'm not I'm not absolute on it because I'm actually reading about it now. Josh and I talk a lot about this. Josh is very much on the side that in 20, Josh. 30 years, use yeah. Yeah. that uh, the planet won't be habitable. I think you've got smart people on both sides. So how do you, how, how do you, how do you know for sure? 
I, I do. You've, you've got people that have been proven to doctor data. Yep. To fit the narrative. Um, always follow the money. You can do the same thing. I think it's, I agree with Rush Limbaugh's displaced communists. Displaced, it's their new okay. home. It's okay. anti-Western culture, anti- well, Climate change? I won't go yes. on that I think, well, in my, geo- my last semester of geography class, <laughs> I right. go to SDSU. Um, I, I've seen a lot of statistics, and if you see the poor little polar bears falling off their, their glaciers, it's a little obvious that we're... Actually, Zach is, pull, <laughs> Zach is about to pull up no, no. something to... Re- Zach got so excited when she brought up polar bears. Why was that, Zach? I haven't seen you CO2 that giddy. Levels, this it's, it's so cute. Um, hold on a second. It was something I actually read yesterday. I got to find this. Hang on, hang on. It's I mean, about, it's about climate change? Yeah. Well, here, this is back to decision making. So nobody knows the outcome. There's smart people on both sides of the climate change conversation. But remember what I said? To be super intelligent, you have to reduce emotion on hard, on hard conversations like climate change. Number two, you have to do what's called regret minimalization. So regret minimalization in this case... If we get cleaner energy, what's the downside that we'll regret potentially versus let's forget about it and keep burning coal, what's the downside? So one of the 67 steps, for those of you not in my 67 steps program, over 100 and I think now almost 150,000 people in 100 countries have gone through it. And it's what I learned from my mentors about how to think. And um, one of the 67 steps that I learned was asking what's the downside. So to me, even though I think there's potential that humans are not contributing to climate change, even though a lot of scientists think we are, still, you might as well do solar power. You might as well do wind technology because there's no downside except some temporary hiccups in the market. It's going to hurt Ford temporarily, but it's going to help Elon Musk's Tesla. So all that thing where I don't agree with where people say if we go to clean technology, it's going to hurt the economy. It'll hurt some companies and it'll help some. It's going to balance itself out for the most part. And you already see that now wind, wind, which if you go to some parts of the world is so damn windy. Um, If you go to Denmark, there's a bridge between Denmark and Sweden, Malmo, Sweden, and you drive over that thing, and right out there in the middle of the water, they got these big wind propellers, you know, these wind turbines harvesting energy. I'm like, that seems like the most no-brainer thing in the world to do because it's no downside. People say they're ugly, and I'm like, yeah, it's not really ugly. Get used to it. Billboards of freaking McDonald's is ugly too, and nobody cares. So I think that it's one of those situations. Go full out. How about desalinating water? If you could desalinate water, you will basically solve like 20% of the world's problems because food, a lot of parts of the world like that have a lot of people, including India and China, it's very dry there. They have these huge farm areas that gets so dry that food, you can't grow plants. So if you had water and the ocean has so much damn water, there's no chance in the world that you're going to use up all the water in the ocean. So um, 
you know, I'm a big fan of doing these alternate because I am minimization. But it's the uh, it's the you know these policies involved. As far as the the private sector, I'm all for people pursuing these alternative uh, energy sources or sustainable energy. Um, but when you start punishing businesses because they're not following under certain regulations that are guided by right. the, 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 the understanding of climate change or based you know, from that, um, that's whenever I think it gets a little bit, you know, the government coming in and basically forcing certain businesses to fall right. under certain regulations. That, I, that's what yeah, I have a problem with. Regulations usually if, don't work too well. In the private sector, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with learning, having someone, that, that should be an incentive. Yeah. To learn to desalinate water. Imagine how rich you'd be. Yes. If you figured one, that one out. One of the things stupid with the government, the government does too many negative regulations versus positive ones. So imagine this, the government right now issues, forget a lottery. You win a billion dollars cash prize, not paid out over 20 years. The day you're declared the winner, they wire you a thousand million dollars. A billion's nothing to the U.S. government. If you find a way of desalinating water, taking the salt out of seawater more efficiently than whatever's the current method, then once you declare one person the winner, it could be a company, it could be a 16-year-old kid, it could be a corporation, anybody who comes up with it, then, the, then you issue the challenge again the next year. So you have a 2018 challenge, then you do a 20, I mean 2017, then you do a 2018 and so on. Why not do that? That's what I was saying in a talk that I did earlier on if you really want to use big brother government, which we live in, you know, Zach and me tend to be more anti-regulations, um, but I'm a realist also and realize there's going to be regulations because at least half of the United States and half of the world is more liberal and wants more regulations. So what I think you do is you do a different form of regulations. So instead of just saying this, and this has been proven over and over, that positive incentives usually work more than negative ones. So if you just say, listen, $1 billion to the person who invents solar, a better solar panel. Man, you'll have 16-year-old kids instead of playing video games for a billion freaking dollars Kids, you know how parents say their kids are lazy? Nobody will be lazy for a billion dollars. And also make smaller micro goals of a million bucks. And instead of just the Kardashians being rich and famous, which I have no problem with them being rich and famous, but instead of just social media stars being famous, why not have random nerdy high school kids around America, six of them a year, 12 of them a year, winning a million damn dollars? You A million dollars to the U.S. government, an $18 trillion economy. We won't even notice it. We spend a million dollars on stupid pork barrel, dumb, retarded stuff. All they spend on just the military, like they'll overpay a contractor for a hammer, like $2,000 for a hammer that costs 100 bucks. So positive incentives. Once again, going back to super intelligence, one of the problems with the government is it's because... And, and why I'm a little more like Zach on the government regulation is that anytime you have a massive group of people making decisions, okay, who are not properly incentivized and who are what's called a pool of adversely selected people, because a lot of intelligent people don't want to go work for the government. 
So who goes and works? You know, one of the problems with being politicians is most people who are you really want to be a politician, they don't want to be one. You know, do, do you? And a lot of people who want to be politicians are automatically disqualified for the simple fact that why are you so excited about being a politician? That's why I like, you know what the Amish do in churches? It's so smart. You cannot try to become a pastor in their church. They just literally draw straws. And that's how they determine. I wish that the president was straws drawn. I wish like Americans <laughs> could vote on a pool of 20 people that would be good candidates and then do the damn thing with a flip of coin. I'm telling you, you would get just as good, if not better, and you would reduce the narcissism. You would reduce people that have self-serving biases. And look, if I came to your house and you go, um, we need a super humble person to lead our local Christian church. And I go, me, 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 me. I'm the most humble. I'll be the best. Then I'm automatically disqualified. I don't know if that would work for the presidency, though. Why not? A pool of 50 Hey, whether people. you like it or not, your straw was drawn. You are now the president of the United States. <laughs> Deal with it. No, that's not what I said. You know, the first part, it's a pool of people willing to do it. Okay? But there's no... They that's don't, called the primaries. But they don't campaign like that. They don't go, me, 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 me. They don't go, me, me, me. They're qualified by their past actions. And I think that's important because, listen, this is why I hate... Presidential elections, I don't watch them. All people have done for the last 100 years is promise what they're going to do, and they promise stuff they can't possibly do. So what's the point of the primary? The point of the primary is to see their intelligence, to see... But most of it's dumb. I mean, they judged George W.H. Bush was judged by the fact that he looked at his watch during a debate. That basically almost lost him the election. Why does that matter to me? So I think that there's too much emotion. We're going back to the, the topic in these two books of super intelligence. There's too much emotion, which means you're, look, I have to ask you, do you think, you know, the last four presidents are necessarily the absolute best that America has to offer? I would say no. I would say there's people wiser. There's people less, more humble. There's people with less selfish intentions there's some amazing people in the world and there's been some good presidents don't get me wrong but there's been some crappy presidents and so anyway whether that's never going to happen that's a would not follow the u.s constitution but what the government can do is start spending money on positive incentives and literally change the freaking world and you know even rich people could do this i mean Warren Buffett's rich enough, he could give a billion dollars to the person who comes out this year with the best solar panel. You know, a billion dollars, people will, it will be insane. You'll probably have some negative stuff happen, like people will be stealing each other's technology. <laughs> High school nerds will be like showing up to their kid's house, pushing them down the stairs and taking his current the prototype of this. Organized crime members <laughs> pulling up and whacking the kid in the knees as <laughs> he's bringing in science project into school. Yeah. You got a little kid. I'll take that desalinator. Thank you. <laughs> Guido. Tony Soprano shows up with a desalinator. I invented this. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know anything about desalination? You've been, you've been uh, hanging out in a pork shop for the last 20 years and you came up with a desalinator. Uh, oh, that's funny. Okay. 
Let's do a giveaway right now. We are going to pick a subject. Um, oh, just real quick back to the polar bears. Uh, it's actually the, the global temperatures are cooler today than they were 10 years ago when Al Gore won the Nobel Peace Prize. So I think the polar bears are all right. It's, it's still chilly. It's still chilly <laughs> for them. Yes, it's still. No, I don't think it's the cold. I think it's whether the ice is melting. This is a different issue. So, um, well, it'd be melting less if it's colder. <laughs> it's still melting though. Let me it's ask. Just less. Hold on, I got to text. But the the, I, the planet goes through cycles. Yeah, it does. It's rotating. What? Yeah. There's seasons. Yeah, we just haven't goes been cycles. here long enough. We don't know the whole span. Well, we probably do actually. I don't know. Uh, like I said, we need a world of people. I hope everybody here becomes smarter with decisions because I've made some stupid ones and I've made some good ones. And the only thing that works in life is the non-stupid ones. The stupid ones bite you in the butt, man. Um, somebody said, Ty, who are you texting? Rome. I was trying to see. <laughs> I need to go. We're waiting on him to go to the Playboy Mansion. Someone said, Willie Diaz says, my heart is melting for Kate. Raymond Ray said, what's the story on the solar panel offer? It's actually hypothetical. <laughs> so don't, don't come to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It. I'm ready I'd like to hear a little dollars. bit more about this. Uh, <laughs> no, he shows up at our house. I've got the <laughs> podcast. You said you will give me $1 billion. Um, Steven Gonzalez says there's been several ice ages. That is true. I'm trying to go to college for, oops, I can't, consciousness is fundamental to universe like charge and spin. What's Kate's zodiac sign? Uh-oh. Don't say, don't say. Why? All right, we're going to do a $100 giveaway since somebody asked that question. First person to guess zodiac sign, Kate's zodiac sign. Hold that up. We got to give him a hint, though, because it's. No, 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 no. It'll come fast. We got Leo. Oh, here we go. No, 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 no. It has, it's the specific one. It's not just that. Yes. No. no. Remember, it's, it's the... No, I'm not doing the moon sign No, and all not that. that. It's the, the cusp. It's, I'm on a cusp. Uh, she's on a... Okay. I'm on a cusp. All right, I'm going to so, make it harder. Yeah. She, she's what sign on the cusp of what other sign? Yeah. <laughs> we'll make this harder. That makes it... Different. Someone said she's a moon sign. That's not how it works. No. Okay, I see some of you saying it, but what is she on? Say two words, two signs. It's like, yeah. It's Whoever together. gets the combination. Someone said Pisces Leo? No. Somebody said Virgo Leo? No. Cancer Leo? No. Scorpio? Nope. If you believe in astrology, some do, some don't. You have a sun sign, which is your main one. That's your pride. And you have a moon sign. That's your emotional side. Yeah, but this is just two sun signs since my birthday is right in the middle. No, no, no. I'm, you know, well, yes, okay, we'll come. <laughs> <laughs> no one's gotten it. Now, how many variations are there for all you math people? There's 12, 12 and 12. So how many, what is the total guesses? Is carry the one. Zach's trying to carry the one. <laughs> Pisces and Leo. No, it's on the cusp. So you can't be on the cusp of Pisces and Leo. I think people are just saying the only astrology signs they know. They're saying theirs. <laughs> you guys, you have to. Leo, Cap, Cancer, Sagittarius, Pisces, Aries, uh, closer. Or maybe they just don't want the 100 bucks. All right, if nobody gets it in the next 30 seconds, we're stopping. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Where? Go down. Oh, here, we got it. 
Garnia BMX. Yep. Pisces on the cusp of Aquarius. That's me. Ganarnia. You got $100. So which bucks. side are you on? Um, Pisces, but February 22nd. So it's... Mm. On the cusp. Right on the cusp. I got some Aquarius quality. All right, I'm going to call Rome while... We're, let's call him oh, on the... Oh, it's 9.30. We got to go. Yeah, put him on speakerphone. Let's, let's call Rome on the speakerphone. Let's go. Hey, who's got... I got 10 bucks. He's going to say, what's up, player? Oh. What's up? <laughs> you ready to go? Yeah, you're on my podcast. <laughs> uh, well, let me come in. I'm out in the front. I'll come in. Oh, you're here? <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, well, okay, what you talking about on the podcast, first of all? Let me... Let me, let me no, but we got to go. We're waiting. We're <laughs> yeah. going to wrap up the podcast if you're here. Oh, oh okay. Okay, uh, okay, I'm on the front. Okay, welcome. Rome really wanted to be on it. I know, <laughs> he did. He oh, if Rome was on this one, up, he would be murdering Zach right now. I know. A Trump white supremacist no. conversation. I'm not a white, but I'm not, I don't, I don't support, <laughs> condone, repeat. But you like, are very white. I can't help that. Just, just like Rome can't help. You, you can spray tan like Kate does. Yep. No, I I did that once before. You spray tan? Yeah, my wife, my wife divorced me. That's why is that. Did you really spray tan ever? Mm-mm. Oh, please. No. There's two no. things I'd like to see. One. In a Speedo. Good. I'll spray tan in a Speedo. Oh, I look God. really white in that one. but That's disgusting. If you saw my Snapchat the other day, Zach did a Speedo. He wore, we were doing a, sh- a one shoot piece. for one of my bikinis, and he wore one of those Baywatch thongs. He looked like Borat. It was disgusting. I had to look away. <laughs> to this day, I have this, there's this picture on my phone, and I can't look at, I can't look at the whole thing. Is that whenever, um, oh, by the way, quick, the iPhone, quick you can movie recommendation. It? I got two movies to recommend to you if you want a solid damn movie. The best movie I've seen in the last two months, my hair. maybe this year, is Wind... River. Did you see it, Adrian? I saw it. saw it twice. Tell me that wasn't good. Yeah. I'm going to go see it tomorrow. You haven't seen it? No. I want to go I'm, with I'm, you. I'm going to wait, wait for me. Oh, okay. You've Wind River. It. Let me tell you. So I would never. I thought we were going to see I, Annabelle. Oh, yeah. Annabelle's supposed to. Oh, yeah. We're going to see that with Herman. Let's I see Annabelle. I rarely go see a movie twice or even consider. Wind River. It's a story. It's got. Uh, no, 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 don't say anything. From Cold. The guy from Hurt Locker. Jeremy Renner. What's wrong with saying who's in it? Oh, I thought you were going to say something about what. Zach happened. has this weird phobia. If you mention anything, he runs out of trailers. <laughs> when you're in a movie, to if get it's there a movie early, I want to see, though. He runs out of the theater like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes. <laughs> no, but. Uh, you need to see Wind River. The second movie is Detroit. Go see Detroit. I feel like Donald Trump. I feel like I'm repeating myself. I <laughs> noticed that Donald Trump says everything two times. Is that my imagination? No, he didn't. When he's making a point. Fire and a point. fury. Yeah, when he said, we will rain down fire and fury, he then pauses. I wonder if he does that on purpose or if he's collecting his thoughts. But I don't think I want to do that. I don't go. Wait, don't shake. It's picking up the sound, Kate. <laughs> What'd you say? That? I think don't highly intelligent people have certain speech patterns like that where they start to say something, but their brain's going so fast right. so they won't finish the sentence and we'll move on to the next. Yes, I have found that. Oh, that makes I sense. I know I do that a lot. Okay, that was kind <laughs> of someone someone I'm, said Ty I'm... is more sexy than Kate. That's something I don't hear too often. 
I'll take it. But it was from a guy. So that, that's, that's not good. How do you know it's a guy? Someone said, is Kate super smart? No, oh, the movie Detroit is intense. It, Kate was traumatized. Zach was traumatized. I'm pretty smart, guys. I'm about to get my bachelor's. That's pretty good. <laughs> Kate always brings up her degree if we're talking hey, about if intelligence. if I was dumb, how could I almost have a bachelor's? Not yet, but almost. <laughs> I have a few courses left. If I was smart, how could I have this book in front of me? Oh, wait. I kind of just yeah, bought I it. get that one. Is I can't that, buy a degree. How old is that one? I don't know, but this book's seen better days. So, by the way, if you want to get these books, Nick Bostrom's book, Super Intelligence, Path to Dangerous Strategies, New York Times bestseller, Bill Gates recommends it. The second book is a more obsolete, old book, but it's a good one, Wharton on Making Decisions. Okay? So, we got to give away this laptop, and then we out. Someone said, Ty, you're a nerd, but you're rich, <laughs> so it's cool. He is a nerd. Someone said, Ty is rude to you, Kate. He's trying to win you over. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what that's called? You know what a scientist I'm call? actually mean to him. Don't let him fool you. You know what scientists call that? It's called derogation of character. It's a very common technique. When an older woman sees a younger pretty girl, they automatically go, ugh, look at that slutty girl. <laughs> That's called, they say that to their husband. It's called literally, evolutionary psychologists call that derogation of character, where the wife is trying to degrade the person so that her husband won't look at another woman. And men do it with, you know, if a girl that they're in the friend zone with likes some guy, but secretly they're in the friend zone, so they want to get her, they'll be like, oh, that guy's a douche. Oh, that guy, da, da, people, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, I heard him fart. <laughs> Is that what you do, Zach? It works. <laughs> That's how Zach gets out of the friend zone. Who here is in the friend zone and wants to be out of the friend zone? I want you to contact Zach and ask for all his techniques. No, I'll be honest. I am always in the friend zone, the friend with benefits zone. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> we need a drum kit on this just podcast. A little button. Yeah, we need more. We need more sound. <laughs> yeah, let's get wacky. No, wait, let's go. Let's we need the, we, no, we need the E-bombs world. Remember? E-bombs world. This is funny, I like that man. Rome was like, okay, I won't come in. Yes. <laughs> we're coming out. What we need is this one right here. We got, uh, let's see. Oh, man, it said, sorry, this content is not. Oh, Tony Soprano. What? It says, sorry, this isn't available on mobile. All right. Well, next time you come, we will have sounds. We will have the sound of Zach making a joke, which will go. That'll be good. We'll get some good ones. I'll bring I, a I like the idea of being here. the zany DJ. You want to be? No, Zach's going to get out of control. Kate, what will be your sound? What's the sound we should have when Kate walks in the room? No, not that one. Not here comes a bride. Uh, but, um, how something, about maybe like the Star Wars? That would be cool. That's, that's what, what he was just doing. Oh no, no you're doing <laughs> that's how bad my humming is. <laughs> I was doing here comes the bride. The Imperial March. Just wedding march. <laughs> uh, somebody said that uh, uh, Ty should be a roaring jaguar. Do jaguars roar? I think this guy's making sound. We should okay. get you like a good Loretta Lynn song. Let's do the MacBook. Or uh, you yeah, got the MacBook? Gotta... Dolly Parton. 
Oh. Okay. Somebody said Ram Pam or Wonder Woman theme. Ooh, hmm. Wonder Woman. Who I like that. wants this right here? It is a MacBook Air. So, what is the name of the author of Super Intelligence? First person to get that, if you're paying attention, what is the author's name of Super Intelligence book I've been talking about? Full name. Full name. Not Ronald Reagan. Nope. Hold the MacBook up. Oh, right there. There we go. Nobody Google it. You're not allowed to Google Eric it. Eric Chang. Woo, Eric. Eric Chang. It's a brand new laptop air. He, the correct answer was Nick Bostrom. Kate. You should have been listening. Now, there's nothing in it, Eric, but you're going to find a lot of uses for this box. <laughs> we just send a box. So no, many, we'll send uh, you an actual one. All right, guys. I'll talk to you soon. I'm going to go later. off here step by step.